the Bible actually does have a lot to say about it. But before we get started, like I said, um, the goal of the show is to create conversation without condemnation. Listen, we're not always going to agree on stuff, but we're not going to argue. Now, that being said, I truly believe that Jesus has given us a clear way to live the best life possible. And that way begins by starting every thought with how am I loving God? How am I loving others? Plain and simple. How am I loving God? And how am I loving others? If we take those two principles, which make up the greatest commandment, and we start our direction with that, we cannot go wrong. So let's dig in on how to control anxiety. And let's take a look at what the scriptures say. Today, we're going to be reading from Matthew uh, chapter six, and we're going to look at verses 25 through 34. Now, uh, today I'm going to read from the message translation. I may jump over to the NET as well. Um, but listen, NIV, NLT, NET, uh, message, New King James, ESV, CSB, all good translations. Uh, whichever one you're reading from, they're all telling the same story here. Okay. So, um, Look at the message today. We're going to look at the message translation by Eugene Peterson, but look at the message Jesus is trying to get across here. So let's dig in. We're going to read together. All right. Verse 25. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted in fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of the wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you? Do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you both know God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now we're going to relook at that in a minute in the, uh, <clears throat> the new English translation, but <clears throat> I want to share something just, just, uh, true confessions, if you will, about worry. Um, you know, I, have you ever, I've worried myself into like, I, not full sickness, but I've worried myself into worse situations. Have you done that? Like I, for example, um, you know, as I've been was, you know, I'm working on getting healthier, building muscle, losing chubby belly fat. Um, 
I've, I've got a trainer and he, he is brutal <laughs> in a good way. But funny thing is like, I'm not in the shape I want to be. So it's like when I get working out hard my heart gets going crazy and breathing gets labor, I start to freak out and worry like, Oh my God, to cause myself a heart attack. I'm not, I'm not in my twenties anymore. Like, and it's, it's funny the the more I get worried, the harder my heart beats, the more labored my breathing becomes. And it's almost like self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, uh, I don't recall who first said this, but there was somebody who said, said about worry that when you worry, you're putting yourself through the situation twice. Like, and let me explain, uh, because I'm sure I paraphrased it horribly wrong, but basically here's the deal. When we worry about something like, and here's the best way I can understand why worry has no value. When I worry about something and it doesn't come through, like, like worry puts you through the situation, right? You like mentally, you start going through and thinking like, what if this, what if this, what if this, and then this leads to this leads to this, we start freaking out. Right. But when we worry about something and it doesn't come true, we actually put our mind, our whole physiology, our mind, body, and spirit, we put it through hell for nothing, for no reason. When we worry and it doesn't come to fruition, we are literally living through that hell for no reason at all. And what's worse is this, when we worry and it does come to fruition, we willingly put ourselves through that hell twice because we worried ourselves through it. We put our mind through it. We put our body through it. We put our spirit through it. We struggle through it. And then when it actually happens, we, we relive it all over again. It's like we're intentionally putting ourselves through trauma. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus uses some practical examples that would have been relatable to the people that he was speaking to. Jesus says to him, look, if you're focused on God, then you'll come to the understanding. Like, let's just, let's, let's just take a look and let's break this down piece by piece. And I'm going to, I'm going to um, pull up the NET, New English translation. I, I just, I love it. I love, there's translators notes. I love it. So we're going to, we're going to pull this up in the NET here for a moment. So he says, therefore, I tell you not to worry about your life. Let's look at this word worry or do not be anxious about your life. See that? That's what it literally means. I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, about what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't there more to life than food and more to the body than clothing? Now the message says, if you're really going after this God life, right? And stop thinking about this. Why, why would Eugene Peterson try and capture it that way? Well, it's interesting. You know, people say, I just read the Bible. I just take what's straight out of the Bible. Well, it's not really true because that's why like when a pastor teaches, they expound on a verse. They try and help us understand like, Hey, what is this scripture? What's the point the scripture is trying to make, right? What's the, what's the main point the scripture is trying to help us understand as we're going through this. So, what would be the main point that Jesus is trying to say here when he says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or put in your body, what you wear. Well, he's talking to people that are, that are, you know, listening to him speak, trying to decide some of them trying to decide, should I be following this guy? Should I really be devoting my life to following his carrying his yoke, his way of teaching? Will that help me draw closer to God? And the point Jesus is trying to make is look, 
if you're focused on God, if you're getting to know who God is, you know he's not going to leave you hanging. If you're, if, if, you're, if you're committed to God, if you're focusing your life on living for God and living his way, he will make sure that the things you need, you will have. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden have a ton of money and the latest clothes and filet mignon in your fridge. God doesn't promise that. He just promises that you'll have what you need to live. Now, some people go, well, I don't like that. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to follow God. I mean, I, where's the God that promises me all the, all, you know, where's the, the God that I hear about on the, on the prosperity gospel teachers? Where's the God that's going to fill my wallet when I name it and claim it? That God doesn't exist. Well, you know what? There's someone who pretends he's God, who has dominion over this earth that wants you to believe all of that stuff. But God has never promised us that. Now, here's the great thing. Sometimes God does deliver that. Jesus says that, you know, he came to give life, life abundantly, life in the fullest. But we have a different concept of what abundance is sometimes. Like we think abundance is abundant cash flow all the time. Or we think abundance is you know, I'm able to buy the baller house, the baller cars, all that stuff. And sometimes that is part of the abundance, but it's not always. You know, I've even pe seen people go so far as to say that if somebody is financially struggling, that they must not be spiritually connecting with God because this is the God of overflow, the God of abundance. So if you're not overflowing financially, you must not be right with God. And that's not true. It's not what God says. That's not what his word says. As we read here in Matthew chapter six, Jesus says what? He says, look, don't worry about your life. Don't be anxious. NET translators notes. Don't be anxious about what you'll eat, what's in your body or what you'll wear. Isn't there more to life than food and more to the body than clothing? What could be, what, what could possibly be more valuable in your life than food? Right? Well, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil and the devil's like, you know, Jesus had just fasted for 40 days. Imagine 40 days without food, right? That's insane. So here's Jesus at his weakest moment. And the devil's like, Hey, just say the word and you could turn those stones into bread. And Jesus says, man, can't live on bread alone. Oh, well then what does it mean that there's more to life than food and drink than what we eat and what we drink? Well, having a relationship with God means he's going to provide for us. And sometimes in supernatural ways. Now, this isn't me going, you know, you know, put on a sackcloth and, and stop caring about going to work and God will just pay your mortgage. I mean, that's, that would be a silly way to think. God also gave us uh, bodies and a mind and the ability to work for a reason. So we could provide, right? We're called to do that. We should provide, but we shouldn't be anxious about it. We shouldn't worry and think, well, I'm not going to be able to, to, to live, to survive. Now, there is also another flip side to this. And that is there are some people, right? And, and listen, I'm not going to say that one side is right and one side is wrong, but I, I just want to address kind of like all the thought processes for a moment. One side of the coin is that there's a, this prosperity gospel that, you know, God will always provide riches and abundance. And then there's the poverty gospel. That is, um, you know, if you have anything, it's sinful. Now here's the deal. Truth be told, 
if we look at Jesus' life, he, he probably lived a heck of a lot closer to the poverty gospel that's being <laughs> preached today. Uh, and there's a reason. Uh, you know, he talks about, um, the scriptures talk about you, you can't serve two masters. You can't love both God and money. If we're loving money, right? It says the love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say money is evil, but it says loving it is. If money holds a place in our heart, then that becomes a problem, right? And so there's one side of the coin that says there's this prosperity gospel. There's one side that says poverty gospel. Poverty gospel is probably a lot closer to Jesus. But the reality is the truth is somewhere in between, right? Each person is going to be different on how well they can manage their money. If you don't manage it well, having an abundance of it's not going to make your life better. If you're, if you're not a generous person, right? If I'm not a generous person, if I don't love God and love others, See, the greatest commandment. If I don't love God and love others, then my resources I'm going to hoard and be selfish with. I'm, I'm going to be like the, the guy who stores and, and stores and stores and stores all the grain in the storehouse because I'm, I'm so anxious that what if there isn't more next season and then it all goes rotten? Well, at the same time, I could be helping people eat who are starving, right? So it's not about hoarding wealth, and it's not about being so poverty stricken that you can't help others right because that's the downside to the poverty gospel is like if i have no resources i have no resources to be generous with so it seems more like as we read through this what jesus is saying is let me let me explain to you why you don't need to be anxious and then he goes on to explain the birds in the air they don't do anything for god they can't preach his message they can't lead people to, to the Lord. They can't go and take care of other, like they don't do that. The birds do nothing, but God still feeds them and makes sure they have a place to sleep. And he says, you know, we get worried about the clothing that we have and is it good enough? And is it fancy enough? And is it impressive enough? But he says, take a look at these flowers in the field and how beautiful they are. There's no fashion you can buy that's prettier than that. Yet most of those beautiful flowers, nobody ever sees. They wither and die, right? They, they wither and die and they go forever unseen. And he points out, doesn't God love you more than the birds and the flowers? Of course he does. So here's the thing, my friends. You may be in a season where you're going, I'm struggling financially. And if we're honest, a lot, and listen, it's not always, okay? So don't take this that way. But if we're honest, especially in America, we live in a buy now, pay later society. So often many of us are struggling financially because we're so buried in debt because we borrowed for stuff we want that now we need money to pay for the stuff that we borrowed. See, a lot of our anxiety and our worry isn't because God isn't providing, it's because we weren't patient. And so we've put ourselves in a position of massive debt, and now we're struggling because we're like, ah, what if I can't pay for it? What if I can't pay for it? What if I can't pay for it? Well, first things first, how are we living, right? Are we living responsibly? Are we, are we making wise choices with the resources that God is providing, right? Do we need to be going out to eat multiple times a week? Do we need to be going out and spending money on this and that and that and this? Are there areas in our life where we could say, hey, you know what? If for the next six months or 12 months, we're more fiscally responsible, 
where we're making our meals at home. We're not buying a bunch of processed garbage. We're not going out and eating at restaurants. If we just start to look and go, okay, what can I make at home that's good and delicious and healthy where I'm honoring God with my body and I'm, and I'm honoring with my resources? If we make those choices, can we scale back and can we get out of those debts so we can reduce that anxiety? See, because worrying about your debts and worrying about your struggles, they're not going to, like, worry's not going to pay your bills. Worry's not going to pay your mortgage. Worry's not going to pay our car payment. So if worry doesn't do any good, Jesus says, then why worry? If worry doesn't do any good, why worry? Instead, he says this. He says, Verse 32, I, I really sometimes dislike words like conversion, um, which is why I'm so grateful that this word also, verse 32, uh, the NET says, for the unconverted pursue these things and your heavenly father knows you need them. Okay, so let me here, let me show you this. Verse 31, so then don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we wear for the unconverted correction for the Gentiles, the non-Jewish, the people who basically Jesus is saying, the people who don't know God, right? The people who aren't raised knowing Yahweh. He's saying, so don't worry going, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Because the people that don't know God, they chase after those things. They pursue those things. And your heavenly father knows you need them. So I'm talking to Christians right here. Jesus talking to not Christians, Christianity doesn't exist. Jesus talking to people followers of God in this moment is saying, God, your father knows what you need. People who don't know God, they worry about that stuff. People who do know God should be in a different space. That's the point he's making here. He says, verse 33, but above all pursue his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Wait, as well, as well as what? Look, what comes with chasing God? Well, the scriptures tell us a peace beyond understanding. What? Yes. The Bible tells us that when we have a relationship with God, there is a peace that surpasses understanding. So when Jesus is talking about anxiety, don't be anxious about stuff. He says, but above all, pursue his kingdom, God's kingdom and righteousness. Okay. And all these things will be given to you as well. Okay. As well as what? As well as God's kingdom. What comes with God's kingdom? A peace beyond understanding. A love for our neighbor. Mm. Faith and trust in God's provision. See, when we pursue God, it's not to say there won't be scary moments, but we can look back and go, wait, 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 wait. I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to stress about this. It's not adding a moment to my life. It's not making anything better. It's not paying the bills better. It's not healing this person I love better. When I stress about it, all I'm doing is I'm putting myself through the damage. I'm putting myself through more damage. And what I need to be doing is relying on God and trusting God and saying, God, I don't know why this season is going the way it is, but I trust that you're going to get me through it. I trust that you're going to provide. I trust that we'll have what we need because you promise that we will have what we need. So Jesus wraps this up by saying, for don't worry about tomorrow 
tomorrow will worry about itself. I love that saying. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough troubles of its own. Whew. And the, the actual Greek translation, or uh, the actual Greek means, that last sentence, that today has enough trouble of its own, the actual Greek means sufficient for the day is its evil. Meaning today's evil enough, right? We live in a broken world. There's enough broken today. Stop borrowing tomorrow's brokenness and putting it in your today. Stop borrowing tomorrow's brokenness and putting it in your today. Today's got its own troubles. Tomorrow's got its own troubles. We don't need to borrow tomorrow's troubles and put it in today. If you want the cure for anxiety, let me tell you what the cure is. Start a relationship with Jesus and follow his ways. The closer we draw to God, the closer we draw to peace. The closer we draw to God, the closer we draw to the understanding of true love. God is a perfect, loving father. For many people out there, many of us can't relate to that feeling because we didn't experience that. I had a dad who loved me. He didn't always show it the right way, though. And he wasn't 100% selfless because he did his own selfish stuff. I was not the perfect father. Still am not trying real hard, but I'm not perfect. But I know when my kids were growing up, I wasn't the perfect father. I was very selfish, right? I said, well, I had to work. I have to make this money so I can provide better for them. But what I really wanted was another Mercedes. I wanted a bigger house. Those are the things that I wanted. It wasn't, my heart wasn't truly looking to create the best life for them. My heart was truly to create the best life for me. And they got to come along for the ride. That wasn't what a perfect father does. I wasn't one. But God is. And God says he'll make sure you've got what you need. My friends, if you're anxious and you're struggling, draw close to Jesus. If you're somebody who calls yourself a Christian, a Christ follower, follower of God, if you're somebody who says, you know, God, Jesus, that's the way, can I challenge you and encourage you? Take a moment to take account of your life. Are you putting God in first place? Are we, are we putting others first to say, I'm going to make sure that if I see somebody who has a need, I'm going to, I'm going to step up and fill a need. Are we loving God? Are we loving others? If we're doing that, if we're drawing close to God, then we'll start to draw close to trusting God and trusting that he'll provide for what we need. Which means then when we see somebody in need, we see a neighbor who needs help. We know that a friend lost a job. We can say, let me provide meals for them. Let me, and if you can't do it yourself, you'll go, let me get some other people too together and let's provide a meal train. Let's take care of these folks that we, because God calls us to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. They're struggling. Let's make sure they don't struggle. Let's make sure they've got food. Let's make sure they don't lose their home. Let's step up and bless them as best we can. Let's, let's pour into them and trust that God will pour into us. See, here's the thing that a lot of us forget. As I wrap this up, a lot of times we're trying so hard to keep our cup full. There's no room for God to, to give us more because what we have in there, we're, we're like, well, I'm going to hang on to this. Well, this that we have, it, it gets old. Everything in this world does. See, but God wants to keep renewing our lives. See, if we don't ever empty our cup, 
We don't have room for him to fill it up. If we hold on so tightly, I love that song, 30 special, right? Hold on loosely. If we hold on tightly to what we have, there is no way God can put anything in our hand because our hands are closed. But if our hands are open and we give from what we have, we give knowing that God is abundant, we give to others of ourselves, then we've got open hands to receive the blessing that God has in store for us. For my friends who don't know God, can I encourage you to get to know him? You know, as Jesus uses this example, he says, hey, worrying about what to eat and drink, that's what people who don't know God do. If you're someone who doesn't know God, if you're somebody who goes, I don't even know where to begin, well, begin by reading the book of Matthew or the book of John. Get to see what Jesus said because Jesus clarified it all. Jesus got it right. He's the only, only man to ever walk the earth sin free and get it exactly right the only one to do it perfectly i want to challenge you and encourage you my friends who who don't follow jesus who don't know god can i tell you god loves you no matter what you've done no matter who you are no matter how long and when i say no matter what you've done i don't mean like you've gone out and definitely done something criminal but even at your worst god loved you and he still does maybe maybe you just go I've never really followed him, never really cared. He still loves you. He wants to know. He wants you to know him intimately. He wants you to know him like the loving father he is. So maybe you've never even said, God, I want to know you. I want, I want to follow Jesus. I want to experience a peace that surpasses understanding. I want to, I want to know what it feels like to, to experience unconditional love. Maybe that's you. Well, today's the day for you to say, God, I want to know you. Jesus, show me your way. I want to, I want to experience the peace that surpasses understanding. I don't, want to, I don't want to live my life worried. I don't want to live my life in fear that, that I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And I'm not talking about heaven and hell. I'm talking about life on earth. God has a peace that surpasses understanding. Meaning it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Have you ever seen that person that you're like, how can you be so happy when, when everything around you is crumbling? When we know God, he carries us through those situations and he wants to carry you through it too. So can I encourage you? Get to know him. Invite him. He's already there. He's, he's your loving father. He's already watching everything. He already knows everything. There's nothing you can confess to God that he doesn't already know. So if part of your anxiety is, well, I just feel ashamed to even go to God, can I encourage you and say he already knows and he's just got his arms open. He's just waiting for you to run into him. Don't wait. Today's your day. No matter where you're at, in your journey, you're one moment away from walking closer with Jesus. Take that step today, my friends. Listen, if I can be praying for you, reach out to me on the social media channel, whatever you're watching this on. Drop me a direct message. If there's anything I can be praying for, I would love to. Listen, if you don't have a Bible, you're like, I don't know where to get started. I'm going to tell you a couple of resources. If you got the technology to watch this, you've probably got a smartphone. So you can download the Bible app. It is, uh, I'll show you what it looks like because it is very simple. The Bible app looks like uh, this. It says Holy Bible. 
just says Holy Bible, it's the little brown one. Uh, just download that app. Uh, there you go. Man, try to get it to focus because it's focused on me. There you go. Uh, download the app. It's a great one. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of different translations. I would encourage you to check out the the NLT, the New Living Translation, uh, or the NIV, New International Version, or the NET, one of my favorites because it has translator notes, or the Message by Eugene Peterson, one of the best reader Bibles ever. The Message, beautiful read. Read the book of Matthew, read the book of John. Matthew was written to a community of Jewish people, very intentional. Um, Matthew's, Matthew's got a very intentional writing style of like trying to remind the Jewish people, those, pe those that you think have been cast out and tossed to the side or not. John's writing style is very spiritual, supernatural, like helping people understand who Jesus is uh, in the spiritual too. And the supernatural, right? So they're two beautiful pictures. And they're also two people who walked with Jesus. So I would encourage you to check that out. If you need a Bible, though, if you need a physical Bible, you say, Matt, I'm watching this on a computer in a library or or something. I don't have a Bible. Um, drop me a message. If you live in the United States, give me your name and address. Uh, my wife and I will buy you one. We'll mail it to you. We'll shoot it through Amazon, get it to your house. Prime delivery, baby. Uh, if you need a Bible, we got you. Listen. Uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you tuning in to Bible Study Live. And uh, we'll be doing this again every single day during the week, Monday through Friday, usually between 7.30 and 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We kick off. Uh, sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes it ends up running an hour because it just start falling in love with wrestling with the Word. But listen, if you need some help, if you, if you got questions, nobody has all the answers. But heck, if I can help you wrestle through some of them, I'd sure love to. So feel free to reach out. Last but certainly not least, Look, if you're, if you're married or you're single and you're like, I want to know how to build a good marriage, uh, my wife and I just published our newest book, and it's called For This Reason, um, and it's how to live uh, an Ephesians 5 marriage. And the book is um, free to download right now on Amazon Kindle. Uh, and if you want, we will send a link to you. Man, my trackpad is being wonky right now. Um, so I'm just going to have to say it. There we go. Now I can click it. I don't know why I couldn't. If you text the word love to that toll-free number, so text the word love to 833-981-0002, uh, text the word love to 833-981-0002, it'll automatically send you back a link to download the book for free. Uh, you can also buy it on paperback on Amazon too. But there you go. Standard messaging, data rates and, uh, apply, frequency varies. I have to get those FCC regulations in case you don't have unlimited texting. Text the word love to 1-833-981-0002 and you can download the book absolutely free. Listen, I love you. I appreciate you guys. And uh, I hope to see you tomorrow on Bible Study Live. And last but not least, if you thought this was a good message, do me a favor. Share it with somebody else too, would you? See you tomorrow. Wow.